Chapters 10 and 11 of Book 4 of History of Animals by Aristotle. Translated by Darcy Wentworth Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 10. With regard to the sleeping and waking of animals, all creatures that are red-blooded and provided with legs give sensible proof that they go to sleep and that they waken up from sleep. For, as a matter of fact, all animals that are furnished with eyelids shut them up when they go to sleep. Furthermore, it would appear that not only do men dream, but horses also, and dogs, and oxen, ay, and sheep, and goats, and all viviparous quadrupeds. And dogs show their dreaming by barking in their sleep. With regard to oviparous animals, we cannot be sure that they dream, but most undoubtedly they sleep. And the same may be said of water animals, such as fishes, mollusks, crustaceans, to wit crawfish and the like. These animals sleep without doubt, although their sleep is of very short duration. The proof of their sleeping cannot be got from the condition of their eyes for none of these creatures are furnished with eyelids, but can be obtained only from their motionless repose. Apart from the irritation caused by lice, and what are nicknamed fleas, fish are met with in a state so motionless that one might easily catch them by hand, and, as a matter of fact, these little creatures, if the fish remain long in one position, will attack them in myriads and devour them. For these parasites are found in the depths of the sea, and are so numerous that they devour any bait made of fish's flesh, if it be left long on the ground at the bottom. And fishermen often draw up a cluster of them, all clinging on to the bait. But it is from the following facts that we may more reasonably infer that fishes sleep. Very often it is possible to take a fish off its guard, so far as to catch hold of it, or to give it a blow unawares, and all the while that you are preparing to catch or strike it, the fish is quite still, but for a slight motion of the tail. And it is quite obvious that the animal is sleeping from its movements, if any disturbance be made during its repose for it moves just as you would expect in a creature suddenly awakened. Further, owing to their being asleep, fish may be captured by torchlight. The watchmen in the tunny fishery often take advantage of the fish being asleep to envelop them in a circle of nets, and it is quite obvious that they were thus sleeping by their lying still and allowing the glistening under parts of their bodies to become visible while the capture is taking place they sleep in the night time more than during the day and so soundly at night that you may cast the net without making them stir fish as a general rule sleep close to the ground or to the sand or to a stone at the bottom, or after concealing themselves under a rock or the ground. Flat fish go to sleep in the sand, 
and they can be distinguished by the outlines of their shapes in the sand, and are caught in this position by being speared with pronged instruments. The bass, the chrysophorus, or gilt-hand, the mullet, and fish of the like sort, are often caught in the daytime by the prong, owing to their having been surprised when sleeping. For it is scarcely probable that such fish could be pronged while awake. Cartilaginous fish sleep at times so soundly that they may be caught by hand. The dolphin and the whale, and all such as are furnished with a blowhole, sleep with the blowhole over the surface of the water, and breathe through the blowhole while they keep up a quiet flapping of their fins. Indeed, some mariners assure us that they have actually heard the dolphin snoring. Mollusks sleep like fishes and crustaceans also. It is plain also that insects sleep, for there can be no mistaking their condition of motionless repose. In the bee, the fact of its being asleep is very obvious, for at night-time bees are at rest and cease to hum. But the fact that insects sleep may be very well seen in the case of common everyday creatures, for not only do they rest at night-time from dimness of vision, and, by the way, all hard-eyed creatures see but indistinctly, but even if a lighted candle be presented, they continue sleeping quite as soundly. Of all animals man is most given to dreaming. Children and infants do not dream, but in most cases dreaming comes on at the age of four or five years. Instances have been known of full-grown men and women that have never dreamed at all. In exceptional cases of this kind it has been observed that when a dream occurs in advanced life it prognosticates either actual dissolution or a general break-up of the system. So much, then, for sensation, and for the phenomena of sleeping and of awakening. Chapter 11 With regard to sex, some animals are divided into male and female, but others are not so divided, but can only be said in a comparative way to bring forth young and to be pregnant. In animals that live confined to one spot there is no duality of sex, nor is there such in fact in any testations. In mollusks and in crustaceans we find male and female, and indeed in all animals furnished with feet, biped or quadruped, in short, in all such as by copulation engender either live young or egg or grub. In the several genera, with however certain exceptions, there either absolutely is, or absolutely is not a duality of sex. Thus in quadrupeds the duality is universal, while the absence of such duality is universal in testations. And of these creatures, as with plants, some individuals are fruitful and some are not. But among insects and fishes, some cases are found wholly devoid of this duality of sex. For instance, the eel is neither male nor female, and can engender nothing. In fact, those who assert that eels are at times found with hair-like or worm-like progeny attached, make only random assertions from not having carefully noticed the locality of such attachments 
for no eel nor animal of this kind is ever viviparous unless previously oviparous and no eel was ever yet seen with an egg and animals that are viviparous have their young in the womb and closely attached and not in the belly for if the embryo were kept in the belly it would be subjected to the process of digestion like ordinary food when people rest duality of sex in the eel on the assertion that the head of the male is bigger and longer and the head of the female smaller and more snubbed they are taking diversity of species for diversity of sex there are certain fish that are nicknamed the epitragii or capon fish and by the way fish of this description are found in fresh water as the carp and the balagrus this sort of fish never has either roe or milt but they are hard and fat all over and are furnished with a small gut and these fish are regarded as of super excellent quality again just as in testations and in plants there is what bears and engenders but not what impregnates so is it among fishes with the pseta the erythrinus and the cani for these fish are in all cases found furnished with eggs as a general rule in red-blooded animals furnished with feet and not oviparous the male is larger and longer lived than the female except with the mule where the female is longer lived and bigger than the male whereas in oviparous and vermiparous creatures as in fishes and in insects the female is larger than the male as for instance with the serpent the phalangium or venom spider the gecko and the frog the same difference in size of the sexes is found in fishes as for instance in the smaller cartilaginous fishes in the greater part of the gregarious species and in all that live in and about the rocks the fact that the female is longer lived than the male is inferred from the fact that female fishes are caught older than males furthermore in all animals the upper and front parts are better stronger and more thoroughly equipped in the male than in the female whereas in the female those parts are the better that may be termed hinder parts or under parts and this statement is applicable to man and to all vivipara that have feet again the female is less muscular and less compactly jointed and more thin and delicate in the hair that is where hair is found and where there is no hair less strongly furnished in some analogous substance and the female is more flaccid in texture of flesh and more knock-kneed and the shin-bones are thinner and the feet are more arched and hollow in such animals as are furnished with feet and with regard to voice the female in all animals that are vocal has a thinner and sharper voice than the male except by the way with kine for the lowing and bellowing of the cow has a deeper note than that of the bull with regard to organs of defence and offence such as teeth tusks horns spurs and the like these in some species the male possesses and the female does not as for instance the hind has no horns and where the cockbird has a spur the hen is entirely destitute of the organ and in like manner the sow is devoid of tusks 
In other species, such organs are found in both sexes, but are more perfectly developed in the male. As, for instance, the horn of the bull is more powerful than the horn of the cow. End of chapter 11 and end of book 4